0: after giving six years of my life to the World Wrestling Federation, I came to WCW with one thing in mind. And that was to beat Vince McMahon at his own game. And you know what? Within a matter of weeks, the new blood WCW were not only getting back in the game they were changing the game change and more importantly afraid of their jobs the political BS took place in the back to bring Vince Russo down and you scum at home know who you are because you're watching me now It's done. And Vince Russo is back in charge again. Hit my music. Sierra. Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. You
1: are now listening to the SMC Wrestling Podcast. With your boys, The Smart, Caleb Baldwin, The Mark, Carl Irvin, and The Contrarian, Rance Morris. Believe. Believe. In the pod. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the newest edition of the SEC Wrestling Podcast. It's your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. Uh, We are coming with something a little different for you today. We have decided to bring in a guest. Before I introduce our guest to our humble abode, gentlemen, how you doing?
2: I am doing amazing. The last two hours have been Wonderful.
1: Thank you for that. Carl? Yeah. Uh,
3: I'm doing good, man. Brain's a little fried. Uh, I don't know. I'm a 30-year-old I'm in college, so, you know, life choices have made me in this situation. So,
1: yeah, I'm fine, all things considered. Well, before we uh, get into some context about what we're going to do tonight, uh, let's introduce our guest. If you follow Lords of Pain, if you've been a part of the Collins Forum for pretty much any part of the past, I'd say five to eight years. You know this young man, he's one of the best graphics guys on the internet, and he has some really interesting uh, opinions on wrestling that uh, make me seem normal. So I'd like to introduce my boy, a.k.a. Avery. What's going on, Tim? How you doing, man?
4: Well, first I wanted to thank you guys for having me on the show, and second of all, I am pretty pissed that you made me wait in the waiting room for the past two hours. You could have at least given me a cup of coffee.
1: Well, you know, we got the little room temperature water. Actually, uh, the air
4: conditioner wasn't Tim, I, on, you jerks.
2: Tim, I, w- I want to clarify the onus on that. Follow on our producer, Hutch. He's a real piece of trash.
1: We're still doing the Hutch thing.
2: What do you mean? We're still... Hutch still works here. So, yes, we're still doing Hutch. <laughs> God damn it.
1: Oh, man. Well, uh, thanks for being on the podcast, my dude. So thanks the reason much. they keep talking about the past two hours—full disclosure—we went out almost a full hour and I wasn't recording the podcast. So yeah, so we had to drop back and punt, and but we decided to come up with something better for you guys. Uh, the beauty of our I'm pod- going
4: to juggle.
1: <laughs> oh. that
2: plays yeah yeah we, we wanted to give you guys something that plays great on audio and we know you love juggling so now no, real quick go.
3: real quick before Rance tells everybody what we're gonna do caleb let's just imagine for a second that your name was conan or eddie guerrero like that. <laughs> oh boy and you found out oh you man just found out and you just found out that it took you you spent an hour and a half recording a podcast, and it didn't get recorded. What would be your reaction to that? Man,
2: you know, initially I would be mad, but then I would kind of get over it, and I would let out a loud,
3: Ugh! Viva La Raza! I never <laughs> do, gets old. Do, 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 do,
1: do. Dude, that's that's, okay. that's going to be an every week thing, by the way, guys. That is hilarious. Yes,
2: that, that is a staple for some reason.
1: So the beauty of our podcast is we all have such differing opinions that can flip at any time. Well, my boy Tim kind of falls in that perspective, but Tim has an opinion on a certain a certain gentleman that's probably more different than anybody I've ever met. So I mean, I'll even let you lead it in if you want to, Tim.
4: I got. I don't have to defend myself in this situation. <laughs> uh, I'll let you guys bring it up
3: I'll, I'll do it um, okay it's interesting because you're going to find out as we go along where I stand on some of this stuff but there is a controversial figure maybe not so controversial these days um, no just as controversial called, now I don't just know he controversial kinda, now. to me he reminds me of like the uh, the old man like uh, Gran Torino or something you know get off my lawn kind of reminds me of Jim yeah. they're like they're like the antithesis of each other, I guess. But anyways, his name is Vince Russo. And I'm sure most of you listening know who the hell we're talking about. Yeah, bro. Vince Russo is uh, – you can say a lot of things about Vince Russo. Bro. Um, you could say he destroyed WCW if you bro. want to. You could say it. Bro. Um, you could say that he is the reason for so many amazing historical angles that we all loved in the Attitude Era of bro. WWF. Bro.
4: Okay, Bro. Let's just go ahead and end the podcast there.
3: Yeah, yeah. You, can, you or, can say a lot or, of
2: things. Or. There is one you left off, and I I want to kind of hit on it real quick. David Arquette, WCW champion. Right. I, I will never get over that. Or,
3: or Vince Russo, WCW champion.
4: <laughs> well,
0: well, well, hey, that's because, Caleb, that's because, because in the hour that we development development.
4: lost of this podcast, we've already established that you think the world title is a legit thing.
3: <laughs> all right, so oh, what we're going to yeah, do... not
2: a meaningless prop either, so hey.
4: But well, we can discuss this further. Yeah,
3: we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So, first of all, I'm going to let... I know Tim's going to have a little bit to say about this, so I want to hear from... Rance, because Rance is one of our more—if you when you talk about wrestling or modern day wrestling, WWE mostly—Rance is our guy who typically pretty much enjoys all of it. Um, I'm a Caleb isn't, nerd, yeah, right. Caleb isn't that way. Uh, Tim doesn't watch much wrestling at all. Caleb is back and forth. I'm back and forth on things. So Rance, even though we call him the contrarian, he's really the mark. On this show, he's the biggest mark. Absolutely, yeah.
2: The beauty of the name of the podcast and the letters associated is that all three can apply to all three of us. And I just wanted to, you know, reiterate that point further. But that's yeah, I I I would say that's true.
3: Yeah. So with that with that in mind, I just want to get Rance's thoughts on Vince Russo because I know we're all going to have a lot to say about it. But Rance would typically be someone you would think might defend this because he is a WWF. Was a WWF fan. I know you watched her in the Attitude Era. Yeah. So, what do you think? Let's talk about it. Talk about Vince Russo for me.
1: With Ah, just talk about him. Well, oh. a little context. I started watching wrestling in 96. I was a WW, WCW fan. I didn't really get tr- truly into uh, WWE or WWF until Tyson came. Tyson and Austin. My grandpa was a big Tyson fan, so that was kind of the catalyst for us to tr- uh, kind of transfer over. In fact, uh, WrestleMania 14 uh, was my first pay per view that we bought for WWE. So I've watched. I haven't. I've probably never missed more than three Raws in a row. So I've and at the time I used to buy every pay per view WWE and WCW. I was a spoiled ass kid. So I got a chance to really get a good scope of all of Vince Russo's work in WWF and WCW, and the guy, without him, we wouldn't have uh, so much of the transition of the foundation we have today. He created a whole bunch of things. He not created, but popularized. You know, he made it popular for quick title reigns and random title changes. He made it popular for the shock TV and the swearing. He made it popular for the um, on the WWE's end, not so much the ECW style uh you know adult storyline, but the wwf adult storyline that they were doing um he was behind a lot of that, which wrestling will never be higher than that period um so I, I appreciate him for who he is but my grandma always tells me let him, give a person up time and they'll show you who they are and when Russo went to WCW he showed us who he was. I think the beauty of Russo One of my gifts as a human being, one of my gifts that I have is I'm a great idea person. These two will tell you. I'm great with coming up with ideas. I'm great with coming up how I think the idea should go. I'm great with all of that. But when it comes to to execution, I might not be the best at it. Sometimes you need a sounding board to listen to your ideas, to filter them, to say, okay, well, that part is good. But the rest of that shit, we can't do that. And that helps me with these guys. That's what Vince... McMahon was to Russo. Russo came up with all the ideas and McMahon said, Okay, well that'll work, that won't, that will that won't. When Russo got to WCW, Homeboy basically was just like do what you want. And then you end up with San Francisco 49er on a pole match. Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. You know? So Right, right, right. And and again, I watched all I watched W C W until the very last episode. Because remember, I started off as a WCW fan. In fact, the very first wrestling I ever watched was mostly Houston wrestling with guys like Flair and DiBiase, you know, and Dick Murdoch and guys who at the time were WCW people, you know. So WCW always had a place in my heart. So I went down with the ship like they did. But my problem with Russo personally is that Russo seems to have this idea. And I don't know. I've never met him. I don't listen to his podcast often. But he, he seems to have this idea that he's the reason so much of this happened. And he's definitely a major part of it. I, I, I would be remiss if I said he wasn't. But, you know, it's no different than saying, well, Ben Franklin was a major part of the United States being built. But he did do it all himself. Like, that was a group, you know. And uh um,
4: I I will stop you right there and say you did say that you don't listen to a lot of his podcasts. Vince Russo has on numerous occasion given uh credit where credit's due. Yeah. And he's actually said numerous times where he is not the reason why most of the things happened that happened.
1: Okay. Well that's good to hear because the idea that I get from him, and again, i like I admit it openly, I was a little ignorant on that part of it. But the idea the is that uh, not the idea but the kind of the I, the thought process about him is that, well, you know, he's an arrogant, he's a bit of arrogant prick. I, I, I'm i not going to say that about him because I don't know. But, you know, I think the dude is really clever, but I think he's overtly clever. Like, I think he's too clever that he out-clevers himself.
0: <laughs>
1: right. Um, it's very pop- Yeah. A lot of people are like that. You know, two, right. two guys like that are the dudes that do South Park. Sometimes they are so clever that it's way too clever for what they need to do, you know. And that's the beauty of those guys. They have each other to filter off of. Vince needs somebody like that.
3: Right. Um, I want to jump in before Caleb on this because, Caleb, I know you have gone back in the, in the past. You know, you've had to probably go back to see a lot of his stuff. Uh, But I did see some of this this unfold in real time. Um, I'm actually a lot like Rance in the regard that I watched WCW first. Uh, And so I also kind of went down with that ship. Uh, So all the shit that went down the turning point, whenever you want to say what their turning point was, really to me their turning point was just too much money being hemorrhaged, honestly, more than anything. Um, The thing I will say about Vince Russo He – there's no doubt that Vince Russo is responsible for a lot of incredible things that happened on WWF programming um, during the Attitude Era. There's absolutely no doubt. And anybody that says otherwise has lost their fucking mind and they're living in the echo chamber of I just hate Vince Russo and so does everyone around me, right? But I think the biggest issue I have with Vince – now, let's keep in mind that people change, okay? Okay. I don't know Vince personally, just as rant said, and I like, you know, so things that have happened in the past are different than him, how he may be now, but I have read, uh, one of his books, believe it or not. Yeah. He's got a book and it's called how WCW killed Vince Russo. Um, and it's a very interesting read. I actually, I'm, I am going to promote it for Vince Russo here. If anybody wants to go out and find a copy and buy it, it's not long. It's interesting. It's all about WCW. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, Pick it up. Go
4: to his website to find it.
3: Okay, there you go. So here's the deal so about Vince. I feel like while Vince has a lot of great ideas, and, and Tim, you're le- completely free to jump in and say if if this is different now, okay? Hmm. I feel like for a long time at least, Vince loves to play the victim. Almost as if, like, he knows, I'm sure he knows that not everything he did was golden but he feels like everyone else around him did him wrong. And so he's not as willing to, to take responsibility for some of the failures that happened. Like it's more of a, you know, well, because of this guy, this happened. Like there was too much power. There was too much ego. There was too much this that kept me from doing this. And that made this not work. So there's a lot of blame shifting. And I think that's just not an admirable trait to have, in general, I mean, to me, everything kind of starts where it starts. I mean, if you are behind the booking decisions or you're behind the creative decisions, even if you have sounding boards that tell you no or even if you have them tell you yes, you're accountable for the decisions
1: at the end of the day. By the way, um, just so, to add to that, this is one of the things I appreciate about McMahon is that good, bad or indifferent. He's always stood by what the fuck he's done. If you right. like him, cool. If you don't cool, he accepts everything he's done. Right. So before the hand,
3: I hand this off to Caleb and then we'll hand it off to to the guy who's going to take in all of our information and just regurgitate it at us. Um, Bingo. I just, yeah, I just, what I want to say about Vince is I am not on the destroy Vince Russo bandwagon. Never have been, never will be. I don't think he is as bad as people say he is. I don't think he's as good as people say he is. Um, I will give him tons of credit for a lot of great things. But I'm also going to point at some things and be like, eh, Vince. Like, I mean, this is kind of, ooh, okay. Like, and we'll go into it later. We'll go into it, I'm sure. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm pretty, in not indifferent, but just very in the middle on Vince. So Caleb, as someone who didn't really see it in real time but has gone back and watched a lot of stuff, what are your thoughts on on Russo? Well,
2: first I want to I clarify – Before June, ironically, when we went on the trip to St. Louis, before I heard the Bruce Pritchard podcast on Vince Russo, where he quoted his book, I would, you know, I would probably fit the description of being on that, oh, fuck Vince Russo, he's terrible, he never did anything good for the business, whatever, I would have been on that bandwagon, but hearing that, and having been educated that, you know, there were some positive um, decisions, and Positive impacts that Vince Russo had on wrestling. Can you go into what detail? Are, could I go into detail?
4: Yeah, okay. I didn't hear um, or well, whatever you're talking about.
2: Oh, you didn't hear me? Okay.
4: No, um, no, I didn't hear about what I didn't hear about this Bruce Pritchard thing. Oh,
2: the Bruce Pritchard podcast, man. Yeah. Um, you'll have to forgive me because it's been three months, four, almost four listening to the thing. But you know. So, Ah, oh, damn it. Carl, could you help me? I, I can try. I, I can try. But, yeah, I, I remember the basic uh, gist of this being, like, Vince Russo, when he has a sounding board, he's pretty freaking brilliant, actually. Well, so I'm not completely yeah. on the on the bandwagon of, oh, fuck Vince Russo, he's terrible.
3: Yeah, but, well, one but, thing I think is interesting, because yeah. you can't recall about some of this stuff. One thing that really stood out to me on that Bruce Pritch- Pritchard podcast, and let's, I want to just clarify, I do enjoy Bruce's podcast. However, I know that some of the shit he says is bullshit. Uh, yeah. Uh, his totally his, ho- his pretty, host yeah. has said before that, you know, there's the truth, you know, but, and there's the truth, and there's not the truth, and everything, what they things they say is in the middle, right? So yeah. I will say, the one thing I thought really stood out about that, that he gave Vince Russo credit for, and I never would have thought about this before, is that Vince Russo was the kind of guy who wanted to get everyone involved, everyone, exactly. the entire roster. People didn't just sit in the back for weeks at a time if they didn't have to. Vince Russo tried to find something for everyone. And, and that sometimes is something... he
4: would just shoe him, shoehorn them into a stable, even if it right. did not make sense.
3: Sure, yeah. And that that is something I will appreciate because to him it wasn't about – one guy or two guys, it was about making, hoping that everyone was enjoying the entire show. Yeah. They weren't tuning in for just one part. They yeah. were tuning in for everything. So I can appreciate that, and that's one thing that he really touched on, Tim, you're wanting some detail, I think that's pro- that was my biggest takeaway from that podcast, is that Vince was the kind of guy who wanted everyone to have a, a role to play. So with all of that being nice. said, kind of wrapped up. Yeah, and uh Tim...
2: Please forgive me, I've listened to a lot of podcasts since then. Like, I listen no, to- you're fine, oh, I just I don't listen to very many own. at all. <laughs> oh, okay, I get you. Alright, so... Uh, Was
1: dude, that it? Was you that, you that got, uh, your take on that's
2: Russo?
1: That, well, I mean, that, yeah, that's truly really about that, it, now. That's like, the beginning, yeah.
4: Okay, Okay. so you want me to feed in? You guys go from there as well? Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Right. Sure,
0: yeah. So, okay,
4: so first of all, something we set off off recording um, is the whole, why are they giving away free matches on pay-per-view, or on, on, on free TV, sorry. Big matches on free TV. Okay, but they used to do that every week on the Attitude Era. Absolutely. When Vince, when Vince Russo wrote, and that was their highest rated television show. So that's why they're trying to do it again today. They're trying to replicate the, the formula that, that worked back then. So, just to answer that question, they are trying to, in a way, go back to the Russo format of literally any match is going to happen on, on free TV. Okay. So, as far as the filter thing goes, because I've heard this argument a lot. So, my question would be who who is filtering, or yeah, who was Vince filtering during the, the Triple H raping a mannequin? <laughs> or or the, the Mae Young having a hand. Or a lot of the recent shit that's even happened. Has Vince McMahon been filtering that too?
1: Well, but I think I think uh, to that point, the bigger point is no one person should be booking the show. Because just if we're going to sit here and talk about Russo and say, well, Russo has great ideas but needs to be filtered, so does McMahon. You know? So did uh, Pritchard. So did Cornette. So did anybody who was around in those days that had anything to do with booking, it, was, it needed to be a group, you know, maybe not what it is today, but you know, it needed to be two, three, get, four guys, you know, because one person having that kind of autonomy is going to have stuff like a hand being born, a Mark Henry fucking with a Tranny, or you know or shit like that. Like, and that's a
4: possibility, but that's also a possibility that when you have 500 ideas, 10 of them are going to stink.
1: Well, more than 10 going to say you have 500, but yes, you're right.
4: Well, what, what I'm saying is people can, you know, they can by hand name off a lot of Vince Russo's bad storylines, but he wrote thousands. <laughs> Some that's of them fair. are going to stink. You know what that's I'm fair. saying? That's fair. So, so saying that it was because he had a filter the other times, well, that's not. that. That's a theory. Both are theories. But anyway, okay, so here's my question to you guys. It, it, for those of you who think that maybe Vince Russo, it wasn't a good writer outside of the WWE. Can can I ask you who is a good writer outside of the WWE? Paul Heyman. Anybody? There's three people. Anybody else?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the, one thing I will say about this, and that I think it kind of goes to show how polarizing and really how successful Vince Russo is, is mm-hmm. It's hard for me to name a lot of writers, period. A lot Mm -hmm. of the ones that I know of are the ones who basically jerk themselves off all the time, like a Jim Cornette or someone like that. Yeah. So outside of WWE, or WCW for that matter, I didn't really, I wouldn't say I really, I don't watch a ton of shit outside of that. So it's hard for me to name any writers. And maybe if you wanted to say, I know, I'm pretty sure, Eric Bischoff was writing for WCW for a little while, making booking decisions. I'm I, I could be wrong about that. He booked, and yeah. I, and I would, if that counts in that context, I would say he is another name. Of course, that's not WD. That's not WWE. Right. I mean, but I would say that Bischoff was someone who was a great mind as well. There are a lot of great minds. I'll take Russo over Bischoff. Yeah.
2: I, yeah, I would agree with that. I wish I could name off, you know, probably to Tim's point, I wish I could name off the guy who was riding TNA in like 2012
1: to 2013, because for me in Wasn't particular, it Dutch? that's Dutch It It's probably Dutch, yeah.
2: It might have. It was probably Dutch, yeah, because yeah, I really enjoyed that stretch of uh,
1: TNA. And then add another guy who's really who I enjoy personally, Dave Lagana I really enjoy that guy. Yes, Lagana Yeah. And Gabe yeah. Spolsky, You know he was. What did he, he write? Was, what did Lagana write? Lagana did uh did well Sposky did a uh, beginning Ring of Honor with the Pure Championship and. The Punk Reign and the Joe Reign okay. and the Aries Reign, and then Lagana did after that. And Lagana started doing some of uh, Evolve and some of the other stuff with Spolsky. So both of those guys are kind of like the two guys who do who did most of the, wrote most of the indies that have television.
4: Right.
1: So I mean, I, I like
4: Paul Hammond, too. I like Paul Hammond as a writer. I thought SmackDown was really good under his wing.
1: Well, not just that, but ECW was really good because. And again, I don't want to romanticize ECW anymore. We've already romanticized it in history. But for the dude to do what he did with literally nothing and with no offense to the guys, I don't want to disrespect any wrestler who's out there, but with basically guys who would be jobbers in most other companies. And were. Right? And were, quite frankly. I, don't, I didn't want to disrespect him that way. But yeah, quite frankly, they were. You know, he made these guys larger than life. And they had compelling. I mean, still to this day, the Raven uh, Sandman story, where he basically took his son from, is still one of the best stories I've ever seen done on in Mm -hmm. wrestling. You know what I mean? So yeah, Sandman. uh, Sandman
2: and Tommy Dreamer.
1: Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Or um, uh, who blinded Sandman? Where he sat at home for like two months. It was Tommy Dreamer. Was that Dreamer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know the stories, man. So we all have like
4: subjectively who's our favorite writers. I mean, there's a lot of some pretty good writers, but here here's something that could be mind blowing for you. There's only one objectively good writer, and that's Vince Russo. And I say that objectively because of the numbers. The okay. numbers don't lie. Highest ratings of any writer, highest market of any writer, highest endorsements of any writer, and longest employed of any writer. Okay, so when a lot of people are like, they want to name off their favorite writers, and they're all really good writers, but none of them have been a proven success. None of them, except Vince Russo, and I mean that in every business he worked for. And WC or WWE had the highest ratings of any wrestling promotion ever. In WCW, he also ran them, uh, raised them raised him up 1.5, and in TNA had raised him up 0. 0.5, and it kept going through two months after he was fired.
1: What did Russo do in TNA besides the SEX group?
4: Uh, He was there through multiple different eras, actually. Uh, Oh, yeah, right, because he
1: was there not like two years ago, yeah.
4: You're right. Um, So there is no writer that is actually objectively better than Vince Russo. There just hasn't been. And I'm not saying that in favor of Vince Russo. I'm just saying it's a bad... um, Comparison to anybody because no one has really been given the opportunities or the uh, No one's really been successful like russo has So it's a horrible comparison and people have their their favorites, but there is nobody objectively better than vince russo There just isn't and you know and that and that sucks because I want to say paul Heyman was a great great uh, Writer, but the ratings don't lie when paul Heyman was on smackdown. They slightly went up But then they also went back down And that was during his time of writing. Yeah. So, so, you know, that sucks. But, um, you know, and there's also the people that say that, you know, like to, uh, uh, I think it was Carl's point that that you've heard a lot of people, you know, kind of say that he, no, I'm sorry. It it was um, right. Your uh, point was that um, he's had a lot of bad things said about him. You know, you you find out the truth about him, so on and so forth. Um, The the thing is, though, that, and, and we're going back to his podcast here, he's invited a lot of those people onto his podcast because he's saying what they're saying is not true. And he has witnesses that are saying that what they're saying is not true. And he's invited them onto his podcast to get it all out in the open and they have all publicly refused. With no given excuse as to why they won't do it.
1: What yeah. what do you what do you think so many people hate to do it? I'm not talking about fans. I'm talking about like former wrestlers or former writers or people in the business you know, well, I mean, cuz
4: Carl Carl was on point. He's constantly on the defensive. He constantly feels like he has to everybody has to know his truth always. Okay. And okay. so people are constantly, you know, gunning for him. But you know when you're on the defensive, people are going to be constantly, you know, going
1: after you. It's Give just you how real, it is. To be defensive, yeah.
4: Yeah. So I mean that's what it is. You're on the defensive a lot cuz you're being attacked a lot and you're being attacked a lot cuz you're on the defensive. But there are people like Cornette who are just louder have a bigger fan base, yeah. and when they say that Vince Russo is the scourge of all, you know, humanity, they're going to believe that, even though there have been several wrestlers on the TNA roster who have gone on record as saying that Vince McMahon is not the devil everybody says he is. Vince Russo, you know, the, yeah. the people that don't, is that what I said? You said McMahon, but yeah. Oh, shit. Russo, yeah. Um, or both could be true, I don't know. <laughs> But there there are people that are saying that Russo's not nearly as bad as everybody says he is. And what's really funny is the main people that don't like Russo are other writers. Yeah, that's a good point.
3: Yeah, and there could be definitely uh, uh, <clears throat> a hint of jealousy there that they weren't able to come up with some of the things that he was. I mean, you're talking about uh, you know, you're talking about the Austin stuff, you know, the Austin McMahon stuff at a time the Attitude Era in general and how popular it was knowing that Russo was at the crux of most of that time period.
4: Yeah. And Um, let's be honest here. Vince Russo is the first writer to ever be mainstream. Before that, no one thought of who was writing a show.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. um, Well, I mean, he he did the, and he also, I mean, he kind of worked his, the way he worked himself in when he had his WWF magazine column. Yeah. And then the, you know, the Vic Venom stuff or whatever. Um, it was an interesting rise for him, I think. So yeah. he had that ability to get his face out front prior.
1: But, but you also got to the time period. We didn't know that Vince owned the company, right? Right. And that came out about the time when Russo was probably ascending to lead writer. So, you know, it was such a, it was a brand new domain, you know, because four years ago they came out and admitted that it was a scripted show. And that they weren't going to insult your intelligence anymore. Then they came out and Bret Hart was the guy to kind of lead them to the new era of, well, we know Vince is the tr- is, is really over the, over the company. And, you know, and then they started... Uh, the, the one thing, the one angle I remember that really uh, showed me as a kid at that time that they are really serious about letting us know how real it was is when Undertaker became the Lord of Darkness. And he started going out to Stephanie. And he burned the bear, Remember, he burned the bear uh, and, and Vince lost his mind at the bear. And the next week, mm-hmm. Vince came out and he's like, Look, Undertaker, look, you really think you're a demon, but your name is Mark Calloway. You're a wrestler. Like, you really are going too far with this. Now you, you know, and that's when I was like, Oh my God, I thought the Undertaker was the devil. I didn't know right. he was a person.
3: Well, I, I think it's with, with, so we're talking about, we're trying to get at the crux of why Russo is so disliked. Right. But really, I don't know that WWF is the place to go for that.
0: Well, I mean, I, but, right. I
3: th- you know what I'm saying? I think, you know, most people have maybe a 50 50 view of him or even a 75 25 view of him positively from his time in WWF. Maybe not how the tenure ended because he right. wanted
1: to be gone. It's WCW but where the problem
3: was. It's WCW is where everything seems to kind of but implode before, on itself. You before know?
1: we get there, I have I have one major question for for Tim about Russo Mm -hmm. and WWF. And you guys have something too cool, but this is something I really want to ask you, and it's kind of for those marks out there who are are listening to this, and they're like, you guys are crazy, Vince sucks. I've already admitted I'm not a Russo hater, although I don't think he, I don't think he as highly of him as you guys do. But you've clearly openly admitted with proof that Vince Vince Russo was the most successful writer of all time. Right. I will never, ever debate you on that. But if we take if we take the um, if we take the ratings and stuff out of it and we look at it from a uh, from a personal uh, enjoyment point of view, we look at it from a level of how good it was, you know, uh, from a fan standpoint, because while the actual era was probably it's the most fondly looked upon era. There was a lot of the attitude error, a lot of those matches that weren't great, a lot of those angles that didn't make sense. You know, there was a, there was a there was a lot of of mess around a few diamonds, and those diamonds, Hunter, Austin, Rock, uh, Taker, Hart, uh, Foley, like they were the outlaws. They were so good that they were able to take. Mick Foley made a few with, with Al Snow, like, make him care. Al Snow. But so, so to that point, my question to you, man, is with, with how you feel about Russo, and mm. take away the factual, tangible stuff, and look at it from the way fans look at wrestling from an intangible point of view, from just a, I'm a fan trying to enjoy something that's personal to me. Do you mm. still think he was as good as as a writer from that thought process.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because listen, when you talk about how things not making sense, and I, I get what you're coming from here, but Vince Russo and at one point Ed Ferrara was two people. The reason why it's so rare that things don't make sense nowadays is because it's 50 people or 20 or I don't know how many people. It's, it's a whole team. I know that much. Yeah. And with a whole team, they can't make coherent angles on the mid card to lower cards with all of them. He was doing it by himself or with one other person. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes some of them were a bit sloppy. Some of them were, you know, they didn't make a whole lot of sense. But you know what? It's probably an exhausting job. And in the in mid, the, you know, like you said, in the meantime, they were being overshined anyway. So it didn't matter.
1: Yeah, but I, I think uh, from a quality standpoint, I'd argue that there's been some things in the 2000s from a quality standpoint, just in terms of writing, for example, the Daniel Bryan story is the greatest written story in wrestling history, in my opinion. Even if, it was, even if some of it was by accident, I don't believe it was. I believe it was all scripted, but even if some of it was by accident, it's the best written story in history. Wrestling history, in my opinion. Um... You know, Sands, Hogan, and and uh, Savage, and Elizabeth, but like that's great. Vince Russo never did anything that great to me. So, and I'm and that's and that's, and, that's, and I know it's one storyline. I'm not trying to, you know, dissect storyline for storyline. I'm just saying, I think Vince Russo, I think a lot of his greatness, while it's him being legitimately good, is. If I'm Phil Jackson and I have Shaq and Kobe and Glenn Rice and Robert Ory and and Derek Fisher and you know and Rick Fox and you know Eldon Campbell and so on and so forth. This is all mumbo jumbo to me. <laughs> well, in sports, if I have the best players. Gotcha. I you know, I could be a great coach, but I don't have to coach as much as I may have had to if I have me, you, Carl, and Caleb as a starting guys. Static again.
4: Hmm.
1: That,
4: um, You
2: yeah,
1: might try that again. Well, I was done. So, so, but y'all didn't hear anything.
3: No, I got. I heard all that. I, you I heard. Talking, it. Once you stopped talking, is when the static started getting bad. So I. Was, yeah, okay. I didn't want to speak uh,
4: up because it was just. <sighs> um. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I see your point, but it doesn't really take away from the fact that. You know, most of what he did was phenomenal. I mean, you know, his Daniel Bryan was Stone Cold, and beyond that was The Rock. So,
1: yeah, but I'm, I'm not talking about. The, I, maybe just the way I, I, I dissect wrestling, because mm-hmm. I have the I have the ability of discernment. I can discern, you know, things even if I don't want to. So I can look at wrestling that I hated and look at okay, well, what was the positives and the negatives. Stuff like that, mm-hmm. so I can look at something uh, like uh, uh, Austin storyline. Uh, let's let's throw uh, Austin Rock seven, uh, WrestleMania Seventeen, him turning heel. I can look at that storyline, and I can discern whether I liked it or not. I can discern well, it was it was really cleverly written because of the nuance and the this and that, you know. And I, I don't think Russo had so much like like such a dearth, if I, if you will of just beautifully written work as much as he did everybody got something to do everybody's interesting everybody has a point like Mm -hmm. that's that's the that if anything else if there's if there's anything that we can give to him that's probably the greatest takeaway he'll ever have as a writer is that no other writer in history has given somebody everything everybody something to do on the on the roster like that's better to me than having eights and nines and tens yeah because you're doing your job.
4: Right? Yeah, hey, if you can make Xbox interesting, then you've got a good job.
1: <laughs> Xbox was one of the <laughs> one of the most over guys in the company. You're absolutely Steve right. Steve Blackman. Yeah. Xbox was yeah, Xbox was Cheesehead. over and
2: he Dude, Xbox theme when he was an X-factor was amazing. God yeah, so it. ignore
4: that. <laughs> ignore that part. Hey, I like Uncle Cracker. I like Uncle Cracker. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ.
3: Yes. Oh,
4: my God.
3: Okay, all right, oh, all right.
2: Before he's a good we get man there, after
3: all. I want to touch on something real here and see what uh, you think about this, Tim. Mm-hmm. And now, please do not take what I'm about to say as a true comparison, okay? Because I am not comparing Vince Russo to this human being. I just use it in this frame, okay? Um,
4: Hitler. Oh.
3: Yeah, well... <laughs> Okay, so you think about, like, all the good people do, you know, and we credit them for their good, right? We say, mm-hmm. okay, man, they did all these great things. At mm-hmm. some point, when that person does the wrong thing, all right, look at, like, um, oh, God, this is the best I can come up with at the moment that's not going to make him sound even just awful. It will be, like, maybe, like, Tiger Woods. Like, Tiger Woods, one of the greatest golfers of all time, absolutely incredible. We, I mean, he transcended the sport. But then – the last five, six years of his career, it went from cheating on his wife to back problems, to prescription drugs, to DUIs, to not even really being any good anymore. And it doesn't take away what he's done, but we start to lose uh, you know, when you think about Tiger Woods, we start thinking, well, is his legacy still all the things he's done or is his legacy now? OK, Okay. Hard? so you're
4: saying, uh, OK, so WWE was his legacy and then you're, you're saying TNA WCW is where he went off straight, right?
3: I'm, I'm saying is that where? Yeah, is that, what, is that yeah. what you think is the problem here? Like, do we think that at some point we just can't give Vince any more rope
4: because. OK, OK, so here's the thing. I, I didn't want to get into this yet. And we, we had already put this on hold, but the whole WCW TNA thing. OK. He he has he was known for writing some just pretty terrible stuff there, and I don't think – in fact, he's even accepted that. Here's the thing, though, and I'm going to put this into perspective for you guys. He was there for less than a year, less than nine months. On week two, he was told by his bosses, the management, why aren't ratings up yet. So what he did, the terrible booking that he did, the shock crash TV that he did, the David Arquette, the Tank Abbott, the Turing Goldberg heel, he did it to gain as much ratings as he possibly could in the smallest amount of time as he possibly could. They were not good ideas. They were interesting ideas. And if given enough time, could have been good ideas. But he wasn't. And – his salary was based off of those ratings. So it wasn't like he could just be like, well, I like my job. I'm going to take my time. No, he had to get those ratings right then and right there. And that's why we got Judy Bagwell on a pole. And, and, you know, and, and I make fun of that. But in reality, if you're a casual TV watcher and you're flipping through the channels and you see Judy Bagwell on a pole, okay, <laughs> you're stopping.
1: Forklift, by the way. You're, she was a little for big course. for the poll, God bless her. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah yeah you're stopping you're watching that right you're getting the ratings and by the way he did get the ratings so everyone talks about how awful his storylines and his angles were but it drew people in in a way that wwe is currently not and then we're going to move on to tna same thing same issues now people talk about and i want to go back to this that he doesn't have a filter the same thing with wcw he doesn't have a filter that's a lie He had more filters in WCW and TNA than he ever did in the WWE. Vince McMahon was his filter in the WWE. It was that easy. In WCW, he had um, practices, standards and practices. He had, at times, Eric Bischoff. He had, at times, Ted Turner. He had to go through all of those channels, all that red
1: tape. AOL.
4: AOL. AOL, all that red tape. TNA ten times worse. Except no one knew whose position was what. Okay, so when Vince Russo was writing there, he had no idea who to go to. And people in TNA have admitted this about the Vince Russo part. Vince Russo would write something, and ten minutes before it would air, it would have been rewritten. So the whole without a filter thing—it's the opposite. Vince Russo. Vince Russo. Russo? Yep. Sure. Whatever. Russo. Vince Russo had so much. Easy for of a you to filter. say. Yeah had so much of a filter that that could also have attributed to why everything was awful. But like I said, he had to do the shock TV stuff. He had to do some bad angles. He, he had to because his job depended on it.
1: I'm, I'm not one of the guys that had a problem with the Arquette thing. I appreciated the Arquette thing because to your point, I didn't know about the you got to get ratings in this time and you're fired thing. But ready to rumble you have a major motion picture specifically about not just your business but your company starring all of the wrestlers in your company the the mainstream publicity that they got for putting the title on Arquette was huge and most importantly Arquette was the right dude because Arquette loves wrestling respects it never took it for granted in fact he gave all the money to, uh, who did he give it to? Was it Owen Hart's family or Drozdov's family or somebody? You yeah, know?
4: He donated it all. Yeah. And, and also to his defense, he's gone on record as saying that if, if there's one thing in his career he can go back and undo, it would be was that. that just because of how much people have shit on him for it.
1: And he's a real wrestling fan, so he understands it probably shouldn't mm. have happened. Yeah. You know? Uh, but I didn't hate that. I mean, in WCW, the whole, and their their whole rise had been attributed. Two outside stars. When did WCW really started getting mainstream? And I'm talking not just talking about NWO mainstream. Rodman, <clears throat> Rodman, right? Yep. And then it, it, it eclipsed from Rodman to Malone. You just watched these guys play each other in the NBA Finals, and now you're gonna see them wrestle a bash at the beach. You know?
4: So and and how can Rodman hit DDP with his move when he was just jobbing a week before? Oh, oh, was that believable?
0: Yeah. He doesn't, have been a world do champion.
1: he doesn't do arm drag. He does not do arm drag. So I'm I'm with you on that. But I mean so then how okay, so what are your thoughts on the whole shoot thing with uh Hogan at Bash at the beach? I mean
4: it's all they they've all already gone on record as saying almost ninety percent of it was a work. Um only uh they differ on which part of it was the shoot. Um Uh, Vince Russo says that almost none of it was a shoot Uh, Hogan says that he was supposed to come back months later and um, kind of contest the title win against whoever's world champion at that time um, and that it was a violation of his contract that they weren't going to bring him back at all um, so on and so forth and then Eric Bischoff has his whatever he's lying about today
1: well Bischoff Um, kissed Hogan's ass so whatever Hogan says Bischoff says
4: most likely. Yeah, And so there's three different stories going on, but the the basic idea is that the entire thing was a work. It was just such a good work. It, it's like today's John Cena and Roman Reigns. It's such a good work. People are like, "Well, wait a second, where's the line really drawn at?"
1: Well, let me I got to disagree with you on that just if we can kind of be tent, be a uh, current for a moment. I don't think people like Cena and Roman because it's because they think it's it's their word it's a shoot. I think they like it because they hate Roman so much that any time somebody says to him what they believe they want to pop for that.
4: Caleb, what they believe is true. Yeah. And that's exactly Caleb. what who's going to did, but yeah, you're right.
3: I, okay. So, just uh, full disclosure. We have, we're doing this on Skype. So we've got video and I just see Caleb shaking his fucking head. And so I, and doing the 50, 50 sign, I got to hear what he has to say on some of this stuff. He hasn't mm-hmm. said much in a while. So go ahead.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. As far as uh, specifically the Cena and Reigns thing, just a quick aside. I feel like they are going way, way too far inside baseball on this one. And also, another thing, um, whoever is writing these promos for Roman, unless they are trying to make him look like an idiot who only spews fake news, like, it's terrible. Mm
4: -hmm. Disagree again. If the end game is to build up Roman over Cena, they're failing miserably.
1: I I, I disagree again. disagree again. Ooh. Okay. This again. First and foremost Roman won promo 2 Roman, Well won that's promo only two. because
4: in, in scripted format John Cena backed it down It wasn't because anything Roman said was interesting
1: Exactly Well, But yeah. that's but, that's, but that, that's why he won it The point of these two guys is And even if you listen to what Roman's Most of what Roman's been saying is You talk and you talk and you talk And you spin and you spin and you spin I'm here every week wrestling my ass off having great matches so the whole point of his second promo was, you talk and you talk and you talk. I'm right here to do something. See him back Rants, down. Rance, let me ask you a question real quick. Yes, sir. In the scope of KFID, mm-hmm.
2: what, do having, what does having great matches do for a wrestler? You tell me you're the smart.
1: Because the only reason and that's relevant, it's only relevant because of smarts. It's only relevant because people feel like this, this, that 2000 to 2002 group, of, once WCW died, and there was no viable second option. And Ring of Honor rose. And you started getting guys like Austin Aries and CM Punk and Daniel Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe. And these guys who... Uh, homicide. And these guys who can really, really go from a different perspective than what we're used to on the mainstreams. Fans gravitated that so much because they wanted an option that they began to think that that was what the option supposed to be. So now... Mm-hmm. Now, work rate is something that, as fans, we're taught to uh, think is important.
4: And you the know, WWE foolishly embraced it. They, well, they put themselves in this corner.
1: They did. Now, I wouldn't yeah. say it's foolish because, to your point, you, earlier we were talking, off. I, I don't know if it was on the podcast or off podcast, but you were saying that WWE can't get new viewers, so they're, everything they're doing gets to keep the ones they got. Well, the ones they got are Smarks. Right?
4: Yeah, yeah, but you don't need to yeah. keep the ones you got. The ones you got are already watching. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you.
3: That's something the they well, do to get rid of me. So you right. of, I'm going to agree with Tim on something that they foolishly embraced the idea of work rate. I completely agree with that. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because if you go back through, it seems like, the annals of time, barring some, maybe like a Ric Flair, like most of the biggest stars they've ever fucking had were not exactly – Work rate, guys. Yeah, uh, you talk like you can say S- Steve Austin b- prior to the neck injury was an outstanding ring guy, but once the neck, he wasn't Stone Cold. You know, like I mean, he it just kind of happened, right. right? So yeah. like, once the neck injury came, Stone Cold ran oh. rampant as a guy that did nothing but mud. Stop. And it
4: worked in his favor because he was a brawler, a badass, right? Brawler. And, yeah, and so The Rock is another super suplexes. Yeah.
3: The Rock is another example. He never he never had to do shit. He, I mean, he still doesn't have to do anything. He can go in there and just talk, and yeah. people gravitate to him instantly. Work yeah. rate does not mean a damn thing. It really doesn't in terms of building. You're talking about WC, WWF now trying to retain fans because they're so fo- they're, they do it because they have such good work rate. But if they spent more time trying to get guys that were to turn into actual marketable stars yeah. who can speak characters, yes. characters. But- they will succeed. That the, the the smart fans have ruined wrestling, damn it.
1: Well, it I look at it like this. All I, look, of you. I look at it like this. I look at it like this. With the rise of hip hop and the normalcy of hip hop, and I'm a hip hop head. Um now hip hop has become so mainstream. Pop pop artists, country artists, rock artists feel like they gotta do something hip hop ish to stay relevant. Right? It's it all it is is just survival of the fittest so wwe realized all right this 2008 2009 wasn't working Sheamus and randy orton for three weeks three months wasn't working you know and then we got these two kids who we didn't want to push and De- and Br- and brian and punk who are showing us something well you know what maybe there's something to this you know and then to brian and punk's credit those two brought something out of the fans that they hadn't seen outside of Cena for a long time you know and then the shield comes along who's two of the two of the three are major long time indie guys so i just i don't i think they're just trying to to not so much catch lightning in a bottle but keep their heads above water until they have enough tread to finally get where they're trying to go you know the you thing what I'm saying? is
4: with what the indie fan with the indie wrestler being just good workers they're not making any money the, the indie seems dying it's not sellable the WWE is a business they need characters but they've been caving into this work rate thing and so far ratings have stayed the same if not dipped down yeah because what they're wanting is more and don't get me wrong Sami zane uh kevin owens um aj name some others um aj could be aj well aj's different because i feel like he does have a character Okay, but like Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, they could be phenomenal stars. I don't know. They could be phenomenal stars, but we're never going to know because they don't have characters. That's fair. And they're never going to sell any money, so they keep catering to these wrestlers that will retain all the current wrestling fans, but they're not bringing in new ones. And all the current wrestling fans are going to watch no matter what shit you give them. So (laughs) you might as well start getting characters back out and bringing in – Caleb, What? What? (laughs) I, <laughs> uh, I, hey i didn't
2: have anything to say on this subject really although actually yeah i do and rance kind of hit on it too you know there is you know work rate isn't necessarily the most important thing out there but you know at, at the same time john Laurinaitis also tried hey let's sign every big tall muscular guy that we can and wrestling's just gonna take off again and like 2004 to 2009 or whenever it was Hello, and, so uh,
4: big tall strong guys aren't gimmicks that's not a gimmick
2: no that's yeah that's true that's true unless you're Braun Strowman. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's fair i did i did have a question regarding uh vince russo personally for you i'm i'm of no opinion on this because again you know when it was going on i was so young i wasn't watching um hmm there have been allegations and rumors and such that Russo oftentimes would actually steal ideas and concepts from ECW. I'm curious, you know, what you have to say about that.
4: Um, All I know is that from uh, Vince Russo's standpoint, he would even tell you he maybe caught one episode of ECW his entire span. He was too busy writing, not just one, but after a while, two shows, Raw and SmackDown. Plus the pay-per-views to have sat down and watched another show's, uh, you know, weekly show Um, as far as I I mean, other than that, there's nothing wrong with stealing or borrowing anybody else's ideas. The NWO was stolen. Yep. DX was stolen. Cruiserweights. You know, um, the Summer of Punk was stolen by Punk himself. Cruiserweights. I
0: mean,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cruiserweights,
4: absolutely. The Cruiserweights. Yeah. And they're they're failing, by the way, right now. No, I'm talking about
1: the original Cruiserweights. Yeah, um, they were
4: stolen. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: ECW was doing it, and then they signed them all.
4: Yep. Absolutely. And said,
1: 8 o'clock hour, you guys going to go out there and just wrestle.
4: There, there's no original idea under the sun in wrestling. I mean, something's going to be an interpretation of something. So
3: It's more of an idea of That's how you fair, can yeah. improve on that idea. Yeah. You know, like WCW took the cruiserweights and made it better, right? I mean, that would be my opinion, at
4: least. I wouldn't say made it better, just made it on a more popular platform. Exactly. They ECW. made ECW it more had,
1: accessible, yeah. Yeah, ECW had stories with their cruiserweights. They even though Ray and Psychosis wrestled each other like every fucking week, but they've been doing that since Mexico.
4: And uh, who be the juice baby?
1: Hey, Cooper Cooper I love The And it's also, by the way, and I don't know
4: what you guys feel about this, but Vince Russo also did the Filthy Animals, which is by far and large one of my favorite stables ever, especially when they included Disco. Yo, 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 let me speak on this.
1: How but underrated was, is then? this D I S Q O? Like, I love Disco, dog. Yeah.
3: Was Vince? Wasn't Russo responsible for ICP being a
1: part of WWE? I don't WCW? have a problem with them either because they're real wrestling fans.
4: Um, And also, IWC came in twice, and only once was under the Russo thing. And Russo tried grouping them with Raven and um, Vampiro, and it it didn't. Something fell through. So, in the end, no, it wasn't Ventrusso.
3: That's good, because ICP is. (laughs) Fuck ICP.
1: It was the Dark Carnival, yeah.
3: On the Nitro
2: that we watched back when, what was it that they did? Someone got DDT'd on a car or
3: some shit. No, it was. Who's the skinny fucker from ICP? What's his name? Do you guys know? Shaggy, Shaggy too, dope. too Dope. Sure, why not? Yeah. Shaggy Two Dope was, I believe, he was wrestling Mike Awesome. If oh, I'm right. I think, I think, I think, if I recall, this is a what we did was we watched a random episode of WCW. Or no, I take that back. We watched the night Vince Russo won the WCW title.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We watched that episode and compared it to the same episode of Raw, basically. And it, yes, it is Miles. World apart, but with ICP, Shaggy 2 dope. Jesus Christ, I can't believe I just said that. Shaggy 2 dope. dope gets power bombed on a bus by Mike Awesome. Well, he was at seventy
4: and slid off. And he slid the fuck
3: yeah, off. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: Yeah,
4: fantastic. Good, well, good TV. So, you know, also, good, you can't write that. <laughs> you just I, can't write that. Can
1: I give no, Can I give credit? Up. Can I give credit to one Russo thing in WCW? I loved. You remember when Lance Storm was one of probably the best things of that WCW when he was winning all the titles and renaming them?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. You, you yeah. remember
1: when they did uh I think it was New Blood Rising in Vancouver? Mm-hmm. And it was Awesome versus uh, versus Storm. God. And Jean T came out with the rule book and every time Awesome had him beat, he changed the rule. So you can't that win by three, you gotta win by five. After five you gotta happy. come to yeah. it was beautiful television. That's all Russo. I give him credit that, for that. That, that was hilarious. The,
4: the Lance and there were things that were bad in WCW that I wish could have been good, like the reincarnation of the NWO, injuries and bad contracts ruined the, that. The but Kiss Demon? The Kiss Demon was not Russo.
1: Okay, that was Bischoff? It was, yes.
4: It was. Um, Vince Russo actually loved the idea. Uh, and again, a contract issue uh, ruined that.
3: Well. yeah, actually just is, recently
4: spoke on that on the podcast. Far, is,
3: far be it for me, guys, to will, shit on a bunch of stuff that might have been garbage. Because to this day, I will be the first person to tell you that I love the finger poke of doom. I know that's not a Russo thing. I still love it. It's one of my favorite things ever because it pisses people off so much. The point of it and was just good. The pure joy of the NWO jumping up and down <laughs> in the and the ridiculousness of it. Is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things in wrestling history. And it's considered to be like one of the things that totally put WCW in the dumpster. So, so you know. So that's one of those oh, things.
4: Oh, and in fact, on to the point of Kiss. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that. I, I just, no, it just came popped in my
0: head.
1: Go ahead.
4: On the point of the Kiss thing, um, Vince Russo was actually so against it that uh, the Kiss Demon was contractually obligated to main event a pay-per-view for the world title. So in order to live, in order to give him that that contracted uh, match, they had it like a week later on a very special Nitro co main evented. Yeah, and of course he lost. I mean, in epic faction, but that's how yeah, his, it actually was. You
1: <laughs> would
2: go on like fourth on cards and like special main events and stuff, yeah. and yeah. solid contract stuff. There.
1: Which Dale Tolbord the guy who played him, was an okay talent. There's nothing really wrong. Really okay that. talent. Yeah. Yeah. and he was committed he was extremely yeah. committed
0: yeah
1: um to the finger poker dome thing i don't want to finger po- dome i don't want to stay on that too much cuz that's not really a real soap thing but that's one of those things that really shows you that if you don't have a chance to have the you don't have a chance to have the follow up you can't judge a moment because the follow up of that was supposed to be we got to give goldberg something new again so we're gonna put the band back together, and have him run through us and get the title back. But Goldberg, like a fucking idiot, decides to break the window and slash his fucking artery, and they have nobody to go against. So yeah, it was just bad timing. But I, I, that's not a bad gimm- that's not a bad uh, gimmick or a bad you know angle. It's right. just it didn't have the opportunity to really go through. Well, I wanna I wanna hear I wanna hear
3: what. Tim has to say about because we're talking about Russo and he's done a good job, I think, of, uh, you know, defending his boy a little bit. So I kind of want to hear what his thoughts would be on the night Vince Russo did decide to put the WCW championship on himself. And wh- where do you think? Uh, how-, how do you feel about that? And, uh, you know, was like you cut him? out
4: the world title on what now
3: on himself?
4: Oh, um, I, I, I don't, I didn't care for that. I don't, I don't care. That he won by mistake, like he was speared out of the cage and right, was shocked absolutely. TV. That was it. That was it. Period. So, and I think what he lost at the very next week or something like that.
2: He oh, the very next, next week, week
4: was week, yeah. it was hilarious. Didn't he come out in like this uh, caged vehicle with like uh <laughs> A catcher's... JP uh, driving A, a it, catcher's yeah. mitt, yeah. Yes. A cat, it was catcher's hilarious. Gear, it was yeah. good TV. People were like, it soiled the title. It's like, what? And I'm not a traditionalist. I understand some people are like, the title means something for some weird reason. But to me, it was a prop, and it was used hilariously that night. So,
1: so here's the real question. We, we've done... This podcast has been a lot more pro-Russo than I thought it was going to be when we started. But my question for you, being the consummate Russo... Uh, I won't say apologist, but supporter, is can you tell me some moments that you think Russo booked or wrote that were really bad? I mean, I think I already
4: have the NWO reincarnation with the what were they calling it, the black, black and silver, and silver or yeah. the two thousand or whatever that was yeah. bad. And I'm not sure how much of the Harrison brothers he had to do with anything that was pretty bad. Um, it's uh, a a lot of people like this, but Norman Smiley as the hardcore champion Loved wasn't it. doing it for me.
1: Loved it. Hilarious. Screaming Norman.
4: Yeah, hilarious. Okay, well. Screaming Norman Smiley yeah. up. Um, that was the, the, the junkyard battle for the hardcore title. That didn't do it for me. In fact, I heard a lot of people got very seriously injured. Fit almost died. Um,
1: fit almost died. Yeah. Like, it exploded when he won. Like, Fit almost died.
4: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost died. Yeah. So terrible idea. I mean, of course that, that, that section of it wasn't his fault, but he wrote the thing to happen. So, you know, terrible idea. Um, now, honestly, I can't think of a whole lot of ideas where I just thought, man, this guy is a terrible writer. Um, I've seen some, you know, of his ideas fail and thought, well, at least he tried, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I don't watch wrestling today is because I'm just like, did, are they even trying like yeah. now, I'll say the Kevin Owens thing that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. We'll see how, where that goes, but one good angle out of the fifty failed ones in the past couple years—it's uh, not good odds for me.
2: Yeah, I understand. Uh, one question, another uh, Russo angle and Bischoff angle, whatever—you know—the reboot, the random like reboot of WCW in April of two thousand. What did you think of that?
4: I was. Freaking stoked, honestly. I'm not gonna lie to you. In fact, when I was gonna do when I I did my first podcast, when I had my original co-host, that was actually our topic. I loved it, and and then because I didn't follow Dirt Sheets too much back then, but when when Eric Bischoff came out and they embraced, that was the that was the biggest moment in my life, honestly. And I love the two sides. I love the new blood versus the Millionaires Club. And the thing that I loved organically about that was that it was very clear that the new blood was supposed to be the good guys and the Millionaire's Club was supposed to be the bad guys. But the fans would not allow that. <laughs> no matter how poor and pathetic the Millionaire's Club looked, they got, got cheered to the point where they eventually just switched it in the storylines to the new blood was the eels. I I love that angle. I thought it was great. I thought that Vince Russo's uh, promo was fantastic. It was a good way to start off the whole, we're going to be swearing a lot in our shows now, so get used to it, by calling Ric Flair a piece of shit that he wants to wipe off of his <laughs> shoe. Yep. Oh, and, yeah. it, it was, that was my all time my favorite moment in wrestling, honestly. I'll always well, remember that.
2: One particular quote that uh, always stuck out to me when I go back and rewatch that, and uh, I guess it's in reference to Sid getting in a fight with Arn Anderson like way back when. Um and Bischoff said to Sid, oh, what's the matter, Sid? Forgot your scissors? Do yeah. you remember that quote specifically, and uh, what do you think about that in particular? I, I
4: had remembered it, and I didn't get it back then, but I had just yeah, recently watched not. it for the podcast, and I was like, oh, that's cute, I guess. like, well, But it was kind of like, why would you say that? Because nobody would have known what you were
2: talking about. For, Bischoff, yeah, for or, me, yeah, that's another one, like I said, about Cena and Roman. It's way too inside baseball.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really care for. Yeah, and to your, to your point, uh, right? Some, sometimes he does book things that are too the Buff Bagwell thing. The is it real or is it fake crap that he oh, does? Oh, the next, yeah, the, yeah, With where yeah. where Bagwell was winning matches he wasn't supposed to, and he was going against the booking. I didn't care for that one because I don't like the when you, you're exposing the business to not be fake real it's real real but real fake but fake real 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 fake. yeah uh, yeah i don't care and, for that
2: and the promo for i think it was new blood rising where they're like why goldberg go off the script like yeah. Dude, yeah chill
4: out the script yeah they use that a lot i hated that okay so that's oh, the Russo thing i will not defend but and i'm sure he'll explain to you that that's just the way that the the you know, the business was going. People were getting too smart. They knew what was going on backstage. People weren't buying the whole fake thing anymore. They wanted to see some realism. I can't speak for Russo. And in fact, I'm going to go on record right now saying that I, I, I may have said some things that were wrong on this podcast that I, you know, I'm, I'm remembering incorrectly. Um, so I don't want him texting me, telling me, or not tech, yeah, I wish, <laughs> tweeting me, telling me that, uh, you know, I was wrong. I'm going to go on record saying I'm, I may be wrong, but. Um, yeah, I I feel like he would defend that by saying that that's probably the way the business was going, and that smarks are smarks, and that they wanted something fresh. So,
2: yeah, I don't know. As far as that goes, like honestly, at this point, I'm willing to you know meet companies halfway, and you know go in knowing, oh, okay, this is predetermined, but whatever, I'll go along with the story. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at personally at this particular juncture.
4: And I will say before we end the night uh, at any point that number one, I'm not a fan of the uh, Roman Reigns, John Cena promo for that very reason. I don't like the breaking the fourth wall stuff. I don't like the is it real? Is it not real crap? And that's also why I will never watch 205 Live. okay? because it's the same thing. It's these two people are hitting moves that in a normal wrestling on the upper rosters would have finished a match. But they keep going and no-sell it. It's a completely detrimental to the entire business.
1: Well, that's not 205 but. Live. That's Lucha.
2: One thing I do have to say about 205 Live and its defense, Drew Gulak. That's all That's all I have Yo, to say.
4: amazing. See, I don't I'm even know, if, don't know what that means. I won't watch it. <laughs>
3: These will, people are hitting, uh, like, strong splashes
4: uh, and 450s and all this stuff. And it's like, no, see, now that yeah, one's... Yeah, well,
3: like, that's... Yeah, that's Drew Gulak's not doing that. He's doing the... Yeah. The No fly zone. That's his gimmick. Yeah. He basically yeah.
4: Doesn't want. Oh, the so he's list. like Steve. Uh, Was it Cornell or what? Steve Cornell from ECW. Steve Carino No hardcore. Steve Carino,
1: Old school. Yeah. King of Corino. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And he's doing like a PowerPoint presentation and stuff. This last five of two hundred seventy-seven. He's got <laughs> right. two hundred
4: seventy-two okay, slides to go. So I will have to watch that actually.
1: I'll send you the YouTube clip. Well, Tim. Thank you, man. He had to step away. He had some stuff he had to take care of. So, we will make sure to have him back on. Uh, give a formal goodbye. Uh, but yeah, man, Tim is a friend of the podcast. So anytime, you can follow your boy at uh, Tim at Tim Rose tweeting. So yeah, go follow him. He also is a graphics guy. So any graphics you peeps need out need to do out there, hit your boy up. Uh, yeah, he for- uh, he likes to he likes to do
3: that stuff. So don't feel shy. If you want a graphic or something, just if you just ask him, yeah. You
1: know, be cool about it, he'll probably help you out. So in fact, he did he's done most of my SIGs for Lords of Pain. So he's but done a few as well, yeah. With that being said, it's time for us to hit that old dusty trail. Uh you could follow your boy, yeah, we're, we're country. So that means we gotta go. Uh yep. so follow your boy at it's ray cash. R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Uh, follow the podcast at the SMC podcast. Follow Social Suplex. At Social Suplex, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Podbean, any of them. At Social yes. Suplex Podcast Network. Every link is working now. We have tested, we have checked. Follow us, subscribe, leave comments, download. Uh, We thank you guys for all your support. We appreciate you listening. Gentlemen, go ahead.
2: All right. Um, Okay. So, you know me, I am Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me at, I'm still getting used to this new handle at SMC underscore Cal B. I do want to say real quick, man, like, yeah, follow Tim at Tim Rose tweeting. He is a lot better than I expected. He's a kind of a sarcastic piece of garbage, but I suppose we all are. So that's, that's good. Um, Believe in the pod, and uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go hit that old dusty trail, Daddy. It's supposed to be dusty roads, but it turned out kind of shitty.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, um, yeah. So basically, what all these guys just said, uh, you know, you got all the Twitter handles, you've got all the the shit to download, you know what to do. So just do it. Uh, do it. Do as it. As for me, do it. Do I it. Do am. It. Uh, being interrupted i am curvin smc on twitter and uh as always like caleb had just said make sure and believe in the pod of course and you know we we do really do thank you guys for your support um and i hope you guys are enjoying as much as we are if you have any ideas or anything that things you want us to talk about always feel free to hit us up and let us know And with all that being said, I guess I'll close it the way our buddy Caleb might close it. Goodbye and good night.